Hey, what's up, everybody? It is another episode of the Snipe and Selly podcast, FTF Media's guide to anything and everything happening on the ice. I'm your host, Mark, and I am joined once again by my awesome line mates. We are skating a man down tonight, but I do have Lauren and Haley with me. How's this week going for you, ladies? It's going. It's almost over, kind of. So that's a plus. Yeah, three-day weekend, so that was kind of nice. And uh, I'm at the part of training my new person where she does everything, and I'm just like a ghost in the background. So it's kind of nice. I feel like I don't have a whole lot to do. I'm extremely busy at the moment, but I'm glad, glad that uh, everyone else's week is uh, is going on uh, smoothly. Uh, yeah, we're as we record right now on June 22nd, we are you know just minutes away from puck drop for Game Four of the Stanley Cup Final. Uh, Lightning Trail the Avalanche two games to one in the series, and anyone who has listened to this show long enough knows who this show is rooting for. So. Uh, we'll see what happens uh, in that game. So stay tuned over the next hour or so to hear our thoughts on what's been going on around the National Hockey League and the hockey world as a whole since the last time we all got together. And so without further delay, let's drop the puck for our opening faceoff. And uh, for our opening faceoff, we would love to start off with Lauren. Uh, again, we're recording just before game four of the Stanley Cup final. So uh, by the time you're listening to this, you know uh, the result of that game is either a Brand new series, two games to two, heading back to Colorado, or the Avalanche have a stranglehold, 3-1 lead, as they go back to try and win Lord Stanley's Cup on their home ice. Lauren, what is on your mind? Um, A lot of hockey, but, and I know this is a hockey pod, but I just want to tell the Red Sox to continue to wear their yellow City Connect jerseys, because they win in them, and they're good in them, and they are losing right now, 2-0, but it's only the third inning. But I'm a big proponent of if it's not broke, don't fix it. And they're winning in those uniforms. So just home, away, wherever they are, that, that's what they should wear. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the yellow socks uh, jerseys. Uh, when they were first revealed more than a year ago, I thought, wow, these look really weird. But I warmed up to them. And like Lauren mentioned, I think the Red Sox are like 10 and 2 in these uniforms. They, they almost always win when wearing them. So, yes. Keep wearing them until uh, you can't wear them anymore. I agree. Hales, about yourself, any uh, opening thoughts as we start off this episode? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take the blame for game three because it was the only game I didn't watch all of it. I only watched a portion of the second period of that game and Tampa decided to win that one. So I blame myself. We don't we don't blame you, Hales. Uh, and hopefully you'll uh, be able to, to enjoy a nice Colorado avalanche win tonight. And yes, we are saying that as a biased podcast at the moment, because uh, none of us here want the lightning to three-peat. It's just enough already from Tampa. So uh, we will have to see how, how this game plays out. As for myself, my opening thoughts are Austin Matthews, thoughts and prayers, my friend, to your rapidly receding hairline. This was a troubling photograph last night, and uh, I, I don't know if anyone listening uh you know tuned into the nhl awards or just saw some of the uh you know the reaction on twitter but uh, austin matthews was photographed uh after winning two awards he won the ted Lindsay award voted uh, as uh you know uh, mvp by his peers in the nhlpa he also uh, won the heart trophy um uh, so you know a lot of hardware um for uh for austin matthews uh, recognized as the mvp of the national hockey league but 
he took said photographs with the ever creepy mustache, uh, as well as a hairline that I, I knew that his, uh, his, he had a bit of a big forehead, that hairline was kind of receding, even though he's got long hair, but it looks, uh, he, he's given me like Jack Nicholson shining vibes right now. It, it is a frightening look. Listen, Austin, bud, at some point you just got to call it quits uh, on the hair. All right. Uh, very, very soon. It's going to be like back past your ears. Uh, you can grow it as long as you want, but uh, you know, people are noticing that it is uh, it, it's very, that forehead's getting uh, very, very large. So thoughts and prayers. Uh, I, I really hope that, uh, <laughs> that things can, uh, can turn around for a good old Austin Matthews. But I did want to uh, start off uh, and, and move over to Lauren. Um, and I'm not going to call it our new format anymore. It's just our format. We like to uh, have each of our line mates kind of steer the discussion on, uh, on a topic of their choosing uh, for this week's episode. So Lauren, I'd love to start off with you. What is on your mind? Um, a lot of good hockey, a lot of fun hockey has been played um, throughout this Stanley Cup final. And I saw right before we started recording that Nazim Kadri was taking warm-ups, which is really exciting. And I think only adds more talent to this avalanche team, which is really scary. But Kale McCarr is just... I, I know that he's good and I know that he's fast, but he's an absolute menace on the ice and watching him play at such a high level. And I know he's only 23. He's got a long way to go, but if he can't be stopped now, there's no way there's people are going to stop him five, 10 years from now. He has 24 points in 17 games or something ridiculous like that. And I'm just like, we are so lucky to be alive at the same time as Kale McCarr. We really are. Uh, and, uh, Makar, he won a Hobie Baker in 2019, Hobie Baker Award for the best player in college hockey. Uh, he then won the Calder Trophy uh, just a few months later, honestly, um, for, uh, for you know, uh, being the best rookie in the National Hockey League. Uh, he has a chance to win a Stanley Cup um, and uh, maybe even a Conn Smythe, uh, depending on, on you know, what he can pull off in these next few games. Uh, this year and and then just uh, also won the Norris trophy for uh, for best defenseman in the National Hockey League and shout out to Charlie McAvoy for uh, for finishing uh, just outside the top three finished fourth in the voting uh, I think that a Norris is definitely going to be um, in his future but yeah Kale McCarr is just an absolute animal um, and shout out to uh, UMass uh, he's the pride of the UMass uh, Minutemen program uh, but it's just cool to see these generational type players uh, and someone and Kale McCarr, who scored 20 plus goals um, from a, you know, a defenseman position that's very hard to do um, and, and still play elite defense. You know, there are definitely some guys like Mike Green back uh, back in the day, a guy who could count on to score like 20 goals, but he was, a you know, a revolving door on defense. So uh, it doesn't quite mean as much when you're not quite good, as good at your job. Tony D'Angelo, someone who can certainly score, but is a horrible defenseman. Uh, so Kale McCarr is the total package. He can move the puck. He can score at an elite level, but he's also a shutdown defenseman. Uh, and the scary part is he's only getting better. Uh, like it's very frightening. Uh, if you're facing the Colorado avalanche, Kale McCarr right now, uh, Hales, I know that the avalanche came up short, um, in, uh, in the, uh, the, the last game, but McCarr was flying around out there. You know, what are your thoughts on, on, uh, the, the type of player that he is? Yeah, he's definitely been really exciting to watch. I think that, you know, in the first two games, if you didn't know who he was already, you definitely know now. So it's really been fun to watch. I mean, the first 
two games, but especially game two, which was like high flying, big energy. I mean, it was exciting. It was fun to watch. I mean, maybe not for Tampa fans, but for the rest of us, it was really fun to watch. And, you know, you hear his name pretty consistently because he's making big things happen. And so I think he just has a really bright future and he's going to be somebody to look out for. If he's not on your team, then you're not going to like hearing his name. And, and Haley brings up something that like, you know, some people might listen and just say, well, how do you not know who Kel McCarr is? But the NHL has a marketing problem. Like, so there is a very good chance that, uh, that, you know, someone could be a hockey fan, but not have known who Kel McCarr was, uh, you know, prior to this avalanche playoff run. Uh, you know, there are still people who around, uh, around the country who don't know who Connor McDavid is. Uh, so, and with McCarr being a younger player, there's only his third full season. You know, it's very possible that uh, that you know, some people might not have been aware uh, exactly of who he was. So he's really putting himself on the map, uh, not only with the awards that he's winning, but what he's doing on the ice. You know, in that shellacking seven nothing game in Game Two, uh, he scored a, a couple goals. And actually, the the story of that game up until that point it was it's five nothing, and Kale McCarr doesn't even have a point yet. Uh, and then he responded to that. He must have heard uh, his ears must have been ringing. Uh, he goes and he scores a pair of goals like, to get himself on, uh, on the scoreboard. But yeah, it really has been an incredible, incredible run for Makar, who again, he's in the running uh, potentially to, to win the Conn Smythe. Um, you know, Lauren, what do you make of uh, that, that offensive explosion in game two for Colorado? I mean, that was, that was pretty insane. It's, they're just so talented. And I'll, I'll sit here and be like, the Bruins don't even hold a candle to the avalanche. I mean, they probably wouldn't have gotten past the Rangers had they moved on, but you just look at this team and aside, like even outside of Kel McCarr, how talented the avalanche are. Like there's, they're so fast. They're on top of you. They're constantly making plays on the puck. They're, and they're not even the, the biggest guys out there. I mean, these are, I guess, normal size guys. I don't know, like normal sized human beings that just they're, they're so fast. And eventually Darcy Kemper was going to have an off game. Tampa has all the momentum coming home but they still kept up with them really, really good. And I'm watching highlights now. And it's just like, there's five guys on the ice, but you feel like there's seven at all times. It's ridiculous. The level that they play at. Yeah. And game two in particular, like it, it I think there was like a, a, a couple minutes stretch in the first period after the lightning had already gone down three, nothing. Uh, but there was like a, a couple minute stretch where uh, it looked like they uh, were going to be able to get back into the game. And then the Avs just put that to bed quickly. Um, like it, it, uh, it, it was uh, an incredible uh, performance to watch from them in game two, where, you know, it's crazy to say in a seven, nothing game that like the, t- the, the goalie for the team that gets blown out played really well, but Andre Vasilevsky played really well in that game. Uh, like if, if it weren't for him, it would have been like 12, nothing. Like, it, and uh, I remember the, the commentary in that game being, uh, well, how come Cooper's not pulling Vasilevsky? It's like, well, I mean, uh, sure, you could have gotten him an extra few minutes rest, but, you know, he's not your problem. Like, so, yeah, yeah I just, it was a, an astounding game and it made it all the more shocking when, you know, not that Tampa, you know, wins a game. They're in the, the Stanley Cup final for a reason. They, they've, they're looking for a three-peat for a reason. They're a great team. But to see them thump Colorado six to two, I was like, wow, that, that was a, that was a real shock. Um, And without Braden point, and it looks like they're going to be without Braden point again tonight. 
Um, so point out once again, Nazem Kadri uh, back in for Colorado, you know, hopefully that provides a, a scoring punch um, for, uh, for them. Hales, I'd love to, to slide over to you and, uh, and see what's, uh, you know, what's on your mind for, for a topic this week. Um, speaking of Kadri, I don't remember if it was game one or game two, but there was an announcer completely saying his name wrong multiple times. And it was just really annoying. And it's so like minimal, you might think for uh, a podcast to talk about. I just wanted to talk about announcers in general, I guess, because something like that, like, it's not going to make you like, oh, I don't want to listen to this. I don't, this is, you know, they're not the right ones, blah, blah, blah. It's nothing like that. But I typically, I love announcers when you go to a live game, which I haven't been to an NHL game, just minor league, you kind of miss some of that back and forth sometimes, but at the same time, there's like annoying crap like that. I'm like, just say his name, right? You, you have to know that you're saying it wrong because everybody else says it right. So like out of respect for the player, say his freaking name, right. And he's a great player. Yeah, that's that's such a, a great point just in general uh, with some of the, some of the broadcasts this year, we, we've made a point on a number of occasions talking about the, the disparity between uh, you know, TNT and ESPN and, and these cup finals are on ABC. This was you know, the, the first year of the new TV deal. So uh, ABC had uh, an occasional game, but uh, you know, all the playoffs uh, on the Eastern conference side had really been on, uh, on ESPN, obviously, you know, everyone knows that, uh, that, you know, ESPN and ABC are all under that uh, Disney uh, umbrella, that, uh, that behemoth. Um, but uh, it's, it's been interesting to see again, the, the first, uh, first time that they have uh, the, uh, the TV contract, uh, ABC has decided not to, uh, in some cases, not to pronounce players' names right. Um, I, I feel like they need a, a bit of a, a shakeup, uh, the whole ESPN, ABC family in terms of uh, the, uh, you know, the, the broadcast teams for next year, because we've spoken at length uh, at, of just being kind of underwhelmed. And in this finals, particularly, I have not, uh, I, I've not been particularly enthused with, uh, you know, with, with the, the broadcast team in general. Lauren, have you kind of gotten that same sense? Yeah, I was just thinking about how much I miss TNT already. And I know that ESPN, maybe they'll get better next year. And it's, the first year that they've had hockey in a long time, but I really feel like TNT was listening to feedback. And we've talked about this before and they weren't perfect, but I feel like they fixed what was really, really wrong with their broadcast. Like even when I was watching the game on Saturday or Monday, it was Monday and ESPN had this terrible backdrop in Tampa. And it was like, you could see half the ice and you had this backdrop and you had the announcers. There was just way too much going on. And I literally felt like I was getting dizzy trying to watch like the broadcast, nothing was even happening. It was just a lot going on. And ESPN has great announcers. They have a great lineup there and it just hasn't delivered. And it's been really disappointing. And to Haley's point about getting names right, like it's your job to talk about these people. This isn't like a Marshawn, Marshan thing. Like when you are butchering names and you can't even get right, when all you have to do is Google how to pronounce Nazim Kadri. And you can listen to it. You can, it gives you the actual pronunciation or you can Google other videos of him, of him saying his own name or other announcers saying his name. And I've done this with a lot of play, players who play like in Sweden um, and in Germany, you just have to look up highlights from when they played over there and listen for their name and boom, you have their pronunciation. So it's disappointing to hear 
especially a player like Kadri, who is just known throughout the league for better or for worse, you should know how to say his name, especially on ESPN. Sometimes though, like even like the most like well-known announcers, for some reason, they will just completely butcher a player's name for no reason. I, I was talking about this recently. I, I uh, There was a, a, a post kind of honoring Vince Wilfork from, uh, from the Patriots and they were showing some highlights and, Jim Nance, who is just, you know, one of the most world-renowned broadcasters, the entire time that Vince Wilfork played, he would refer to him as Wilfork. Uh, Wilfork. Uh, I'm like, you know how his name is pronounced. And he, for years, he just refused to pronounce it correctly. I think sometimes, like, these announcers, they just, they, I think sometimes they just want to put their own spin on something. Uh, like, I think some of them might actually be that, like, brazen, that they're just like, well, well, that's how people pronounce his name. I'm going to pronounce it a different way. I mean, for for years, uh, you had mentioned, Lauren, for years, Jack Edwards uh, would wrestle uh, with uh, how he was going to pronounce Brad Marchand's name. Uh, it was, uh, well, it's it's Marchand. It's no, 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 it's Marchand. Uh, and he would go back and forth like, Jack, what is it? Talk to talk to Brad and figure out what exactly uh, how he would like the name pronounced. It, it uh, I think sometimes these announcers just do that. But yeah, it. I really do hope that uh, that there's an overhaul, uh, you know, after year one. Uh, I hope that you know that you know D- Disney, ESPN, uh, ABC, you know, whole umbrella. I hope that they really listen to feedback the way that TNT did, like you mentioned, Lauren, uh, because TNT made those broadcasts so fun. I mean, you know, love them or hate them, Paul Bissonette is just fantastic on TV. Um, you know, Rick Tockett is uh, is great on TV. Um, I don't believe he's going to be hired for a coaching job. Um, and I hope that he's not hired for a coaching job up East. Um, but uh, so, you know, he'll probably remain too. Uh, even Gretzky kind of uh, came out of his shell uh, later in the season. So, uh, and that's just, you know, that, that gave you a reason to watch in between, um, you know, periods, but the, the, the actual, you know, broadcast itself just seemed uh, so much more buttoned up. Um, and, you know, ABC, it's the same broadcast really as, as ESPN, just in a, you know, a, a different channel. And, uh, there have been some issues and then, you know, Haley, I definitely noticed, uh, you know, the, the pronunci- pronunciation issues as well. Um, so it, it, you really do hope that something uh, can change over, uh, over this off season. I would also like just to point out that ever since Lauren's opening face off talking about the Boston yellow Sox, the yellow Sox have scored four unanswered runs uh, in the few minutes since Lauren pointed that out. So those jerseys are magical. Uh, they, they score plenty of runs when wearing them. Um, as for myself though, I, I wanted to spend some time talking about, we've mentioned, uh, on God, a number of occasions of, of, you know, hockey culture, uh, being, uh, you know, so, so broken and, and damaging. Um, and that's very true. There's another part of hockey culture that's not quite damaging, but it just reeks of, no progress, uh, you know, bore, you know, boringness and entitlement. And that has to do with the coaching carousel. I just, I am getting so sick and tired of the same names, just playing musical chairs and being recycled uh, to different destinations. Uh, you know, we, we talked uh, a few months back about Paul Maurice uh, resigning from Winnipeg. And suddenly today he's hired as the head coach of the, the uh, Florida Panthers. And I know what people are thinking, well, the Panthers, they just, they let Joel Quenville go because of uh, the Blackhawks stuff, uh, you know, a, a few months back. 
and they did really well with Andrew Brunette. Well, apparently Florida management decided that, uh, well, you know, even though we had a really, really strong season with Andrew Brunette because we uh, underachieved in the playoffs, let's just go and, and do another retread hire. And Paul Maurice, a nice guy, I'm sure, uh, but has been everywhere uh, across the National Hockey League. And he's just, again, he's just a recycled name. Uh, you know, you see Peter DeBoer uh, fired from, from Vegas, goes to coach the Stars. Uh, it's just that the, if you get fired, uh, and, you know, I'm not counting Bruce Cassidy in this category because he's someone who should not have been fired, uh, and, uh, and he goes to Vegas, and good for him. Um, but for the most part, all these hires are just retread candidates. Sh- like, show me that any sense of creativity, uh, you know, s- s- some of these teams, I don't get it. Uh, you know, experience does not necessarily mean that that candidate is the best one for the job. Um, And, you know, thankfully, so far, uh, you know, the Bruins are still uh, in the midst of their search. And I I don't think they're going to go the retread route, which I like. It it sounds like they're they're, uh, talking to a a number of candidates. Um, You know, some some might not necessarily have NHL uh, coaching experience. And I like that. Uh, You know, there are more than one ways uh, to coach in the national hockey league. You know, there, there's a, more than one way to skin a cat. Um, and I just think that uh, if you continue to just, you know, rehire the same old guys, it just, it, there's a, a lack of progress and it just seems like it's the old boys club, uh, old boys club. Uh, so I just, I, I don't quite get it. Uh, Lauren, I'd love to, to hear from you on just this, this trend of, of just, you know, rehiring the same guys. Uh, it just seems like, you know, someone uh, loses their job one place, uh, they go somewhere else. I mean, if they, if they weren't good enough at one location, why do you suddenly think that uh, he, this person's going to catch lightning in a bottle in the next spot? So that's kind of where I'm going with my, with my answer. Like if besides Bruce Cassidy, because like you said, he should not have been fired. But if these coaches are good coaches and getting jobs quickly, then why were they fired? And I understand sometimes a, sh- a, a change is necessary. You need to shake up. Um, Barry Trotz, I'm excluding from that too, because I just feel like he gets the bad end of the stick if every team he goes to. I think he's a very good coach. And I think him and Bruce Cassidy are the ones who can be left out of this conversation. But if these coaches are so good, why, why are you so quick to get rid of them? And especially teams like if they're going to the playoffs, if like but Barry Trotz should not have been fired. I don't know why he was. It's still silly to me that he was fired. Um, but there's also no winning in this situation because you can bring in a veteran, like say someone hires DeBoer and they're like, oh, this guy, like why this guy? But they'll if they hire someone with no experience, it's well, why would they hire this guy? He's got no experience. There's no winning. There's no pleasing some fan bases and some fans out there, but at some point there, there needs to be some sort of creativity. And like you said, the Bruins are kind of going that, that route, or it seems that way anyway. Um, I think if Patrice Bergeron retires, they should just hire him as coach. Let's, let's really shake things up. But at some point there needs to be a, a, a bigger change with, with coaches. And at some point it's, it's like the, us, common millennials out here it's like we can't get a job because we don't have experience but we can't get experience because we don't have a job and maybe we should just go be nhl coaches because sometimes you just get hired with no experience there but it's it is it's the same names every year that get recycled and hopefully we don't have to go through this at this time next year 
but I feel like as long as a quote unquote good coach gets fired, they're always going to be up for grabs, save for Bruce Cassidy, because that guy was picked up so fast, rightfully so. But it's interesting because these are good coaches at the end of the day. So why, why weren't they just kept or retained by their team? Yeah. Uh, and and it, the, the argument, well, well, you know, uh, it was time for a new voice, uh, you know, uh, you know, so-and-so may have lost the room. So, you know, what you're saying is, okay, well, that's probably going to happen here eventually, but maybe we'll get some short-term success. Like I, I just, I, I don't, I don't get it. And, you know, if you have uh, someone like Andrew Brunette, uh, who the r- report today was, oh, well, the Panthers have said, hey, we're demoting you. Uh, like, you know, you're not going to be the head coach, but uh, you, you're free to stay. Uh, like you can be an assistant on Paul Maurice's staff. Like, what kind of message does that send? Like, okay, so I can take over as an interim coach. I can have uh, the best record in the Eastern Conference, and you know, make it to the second round of the playoffs. Did did my our season end too early? Yes. Uh, you know, we we flamed out in the second round of the playoffs, but that's still an excellent accomplishment. And your reward is. Hey, we're going to uh, we're going to hire this uh, this guy instead who uh, was unemployed, um, and uh, because he's coached longer than you, uh, you know he's uh, you know he's who uh, who's going to be our, our next head coach. I, what what does that what does that kind of message does that send to you know coaches in waiting uh, where you know nothing is good enough apparently short of of you know winning a Stanley Cup. Like if the Panthers have won a Stanley Cup, does Andrew Burnett get to keep his job? I don't know. Uh, you know. The Oilers did retain Jay Woodcroft. Um, they they did uh, you know, bring him back. So you know you are seeing some teams at least decide to to go with the uh, you know the, the coach that kind of got them there um, after after a coaching change. But it's just it's very disheartening uh, where you know you, you see John Tortorella, sorry Hales, um, you know uh, Paul Maurice, uh, you know Peter Laviolette. Like we're just going to keep re- uh, recycling the same few guys. I got. You know, Claude Julian will probably get another job soon. Like it, 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 these guys who just, you know, you have a, a flash in the pan of success. Uh, you know, uh, Michel Therrien, uh, any anyone like that, they just just uh, they're they're going to have a job for life. Like you, uh, it's it's basically like being a politician. Like it, once you're an NHL head coach, once uh, it's like, hey, no term limits. You are going to get another another head coach job again. Just give it time. Uh, so it's it's very frustrating. Hales, uh, yeah, obviously, insight from you would be appreciated, especially because uh, your Flyers just engaged in this practice uh, with the hiring of John Tortorella. Listen, the Flyers need any help they can get. So really, it'd be hard-pressed to do worse than what they were doing last year and the year before. So I'm hoping just changing the coach, maybe it'll do a little, I don't know, I think there's a curse there because uh, Drew – and the Panthers didn't make it very far. And so I think the Philly curse kind of followed him. Sorry about that. But in the, in the case of this, I just think it's kind of like disheartening for coaches who aren't already in the NHL because all you're seeing is these same names over and over going to different teams. They're not doing great with multiple teams. So why are you even keeping them? Why not give these other guys a chance who haven't had time to prove themselves? You know, I know that that might seem like a big risk, Sorry, there was the game's on now. So I was watching a little bit, but um, oh, okay, that's not fun. 
Ah. <laughs> Haley's trying to give her explanation as the lightning score 36 seconds into game four. Oh my God. I can't wait till they go back to Colorado. Anyways. So um, I'm, I'm all in agreement with you guys. I just think like recycling these same names over and over, like you're, you're basically expecting the same results though. Isn't that what insanity is? And there's some definition that says that doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Like that's honestly stupid. Sorry. But, you know, I think people just get in the habit of, well, he did this for this team and, you know, we're struggling with this. So maybe we can forget about these, all these negatives and those couple pros that we have here will do good for us. It's like, okay, but the cons kind of outweigh the pros. So are you really doing what you're supposed to do? And then I feel like we're firing coaches like Cassidy who don't need to be fired, like way before they need to be fired. Right. And so I just, I think it, the NHL is weird to me because other sports like football coaches get fired pretty often sometimes if you're the Cleveland Browns, but not as much as hockey. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I feel like it's more in hockey than other sports. It's, it's interesting because it, that is the case that you see even, you know, mildly successful head coaches let go more often the national hockey league than, than really any other sport. You know, usually in the NFL, it's, uh, you know, there's usually a pretty short leash, but it's like, okay, you know, coach goes, you know, four and 13. Yeah, they're gone. Like, okay, understandable. But, you know, NHL, you know, you could have a, a you know, a head coach that's, you know, currently in the playoff picture and, uh, and, and the team can sometimes decide to make a change. It's very strange that, uh, that, that that's how they go about doing things sometimes. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's frustrating because again, like, like you said, Haley, sometimes the rationale is, well, you know, this guy coached a really good power play over, uh, you know, over there, um, you know, and we had a, a, we struggled on the power play this year. So let's bring in this guy. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's a sh very small component of the game. Like, yes, you want to have an improved power play, but oftentimes it's your skill position players that you put out there more so than, uh, than, you know, what your coach, uh, what kind of you know, system that your coach is putting in there for the power play. So I, I, I think that, that sometimes some of these teams, they genuinely outsmart themselves. And when they outsmart themselves, then they suddenly put pressure on themselves to fill this opening. And it's, well, you know, we, after we just fired a, uh, you know, pretty good head coach, we can't go out and, and, you know, take a risk on, on, you know, uh, uh, Mark Savard or, uh, or, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, uh, uh, successful college coach. Let's go with someone who's been in the NHL a long time. That's right. Let's go hire Dan Bilesma. Uh, like it, it just, it seems like that's what these teams do. So it's, it's really, really, uh, it, it's frustrating because it just seems like it's something that's not going to change anytime soon. Uh, and I, I'm just, I'm happy that Boston is not doing that right now. I, I, I'm very happy that they're going about their search. It looks like they're giving consideration to Jay Leach. Now they are giving consideration to David Quinn. I don't consider David Quinn to be a retread. Uh, you know, he's been in one spot. He was in, uh, he was in college before that uh, he coached team USA. So he's coached at a few different levels. Uh, it would be a rehire, but I, I feel like that's not a retread. Um, but I know that a lot of Bruins fans, Bruins, Twitter in particular, not a fan of uh, the potential David Quinn hire. Um, but uh, Lauren, I guess now that, uh, that, you know, some time has passed since our last episode, you know, what's your gut telling you? Who do you think becomes the Bruins next head coach? 
Uh, between those two, I feel like it's going to be Jay Leach. And I don't know. I think it's a lot of people do not like David Quinn. And I don't think I realized that until you pointed that out, Mark, and you were like, I think I'm the only one who's like on team David Quinn right now. And I think it's not that he wasn't winning well. It's more like how he was losing games. But I think Jay Leach will be the person to to take over Bruce Cassidy's role. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't know a whole lot about him other than just kind of what I've known the last few years, but you can't knock anyone until they give us reason not to dislike them. And whoever comes in and is going to be the coach. Oh man, good luck because you're starting the season without Martian, without McAvoy, without Grizzly, maybe without Bergeron. And there could be other injuries in the off season to start the season. It could be, it could get ugly really fast for the head coach, no matter who it is. Yeah. Listen, we're talking about outside the box ideas here. How about Patrice Bergeron first ever player coach uh, in the national hockey league? Uh, You know, I I think it would be fantastic. Uh, You know, he would never lose a coach's challenge because no referee, uh, no replay official could say no to that handsome face. Uh, So I, I think it's a good Conway idea. Do it. Charlie Conway can do it in the Mighty Ducks, then Patrice Bergeron can absolutely do it too. Exactly. And I love that we have a Mighty Ducks reference. Um, <laughs> actually, uh, Haley got me a Charlie Conway uh, Ducks jersey that's hanging in my, my closet. Um, that's the, uh, I got I to gotta go on a uh, Mighty Ducks marathon this weekend, I think. I think that that's, uh, that, that's a, a must. Yeah, I, I just, I, I, I think at this point, because Boston at this point, Boston and Winnipeg, I believe, are two of the, the openings remaining. Uh, Chicago is also an opening remaining, but I think most of the vacancies have been filled at this point. Uh, a lot of teams have really jumped at the chance to, again, rehire, uh, you know, retread head coaches. Um, so at this point, uh, you know, there's a lot of creative candidates out there uh, that Boston could hire because these other teams are just <laughs> bringing back the same old guys. And uh, unfortunately, it does not look like Barry Trotz uh, is talking to Boston. Uh, I know that that was your uh, kind of your t- the top of your wish list, Lauren. Um, I kind of feel like Barry Trotz is going to aim for some sort of like position that also kind of gives him uh, a front office uh, say uh, in a, in a, for a team. I, I think that's what he probably would want at this point of his, uh, his coaching career. So I wonder if he's angling for that. Maybe he gets that from Winnipeg. We'll have to see. Um, but, but yeah, you know, cause Dallas, that head coach, uh, vacancy is filled, uh, Florida, uh, Dallas, um, you know, so at this point I, I, is it just Boston and Winnipeg? It might be so, um, but regardless, it's just very, very disappointing. Um, the, uh, you know, the way that some of these teams have gone about their process. Uh, that's my long winded way of saying that. Um, so as, as we're recording again, it is one, nothing Tampa. Um, again, 36 seconds into the game, literally as Haley as mid explanation, uh, we get a, uh, a goal from, uh, from Tampa. And, uh, what was interesting there is that Darcy Kemper's, uh, helmet, uh, his mask came off. Um, and I'm kind of surprised the play wasn't blown dead there. I know he didn't uh, have possession of the puck, but, uh, in the name of player safety, I, I, I feel like I've seen situations where, uh, where, where play is blown dead, but that was not the case here. Um, but I did want to go around to each of my line mates. Um, and, uh, again, just kind of, uh, we've kind of gone through each of the first, uh, you know, couple games of this cup final, but, um, you know, obviously we're, we want to see Colorado take this, but, uh, you know, how do you think the rest of this series plays out? Uh, Hales, I'll let to start with you first. You know, how do you think, uh, 
the rest of this uh, series plays out as we sit here in game four, where uh, it is currently uh, one nothing Tampa. They trail in the series two games to one. Uh, you know, do you think that this goes back to Colorado uh, two uh, two games apiece? Uh, it's so hard to say because neither of these teams go down easy, right? I mean, game two may have looked like Tampa goes down easily, but there's just something that they have that freaking makes them have the best of luck. Uh, also to your point about not blowing the play dead, that is because their safety, do they really actually care about player safety? I'm not totally convinced that by some of the decisions they've made, but anyway, sorry. I have to always poke at player safety. Um, I say it does go back to Colorado, but I think going back to Colorado is a really good thing. That crowd is electric. Uh, that was one of the things that I was loving watching those two games. And I'm not even a Colorado fan. Yeah. How cool is it that they will just randomly break into seeing uh, blink 182? Like, uh, like that's just incredible. I have to go to an abs game out there. Like just sing all the small things. Uh, like that's, that's incredible. Uh, um, I, I absolutely adore that. Um, Lauren, how about yourself? Uh, you know, how do you think this series kind of shakes up from here? Do you think that we go back to Colorado tie two games apiece? Uh, do you think that it uh, goes back there three, one and, and the abs finish it off? Uh, you think it maybe pushes to six. What do you think uh, happens here? So I just wanted to go back to the Darcy Kemper helmet thing. Elliot Friedman said, if a team has a scoring chance, the play can continue. Dumb rule. Don't like it. But that's why Kemper's helmet got to come off and the play got to continue. But to answer your question, I originally said abs in five. It's still possible. I'd love that for that to happen. Um, I really think this is going to go six or seven because as even though Colorado took that two nothing lead, you can never count, count Tampa out. Mark, you mentioned they're going for a three-peat for a reason. At the end of the day, they're still a very, very good team. And they've been, I think, what do you say, Mark? They swallow horseshoes. They eat horseshoes or whatever. <laughs> so that's, you know, that's, that's what's happening. And they can never be counted out. So I want to say abs in five. But at the end of the day, it's probably going to go the distance. But abs are winning it regardless. Yeah, it's because as I'm sitting here right now, uh, so game five is Friday night. Uh, game six is Sunday, if necessary. Um, and, uh, and then Tuesday, uh, you know, next Tuesday, the 28th of June would be uh, game seven again, if necessary. So um, I don't know if, uh, if we're recording again before this series ends. So this could be the last time that we record, um, you know, while actual games are themselves are being played. Um, obviously we'll, uh, we'll have a post series um, you know, episode. Uh, we'll have a couple episodes, uh, some fun stuff that we uh, that we do before uh, we wrap things up for the summer. Um, but this is you know this is probably our last episode while the actual NHL season is going on. So I guess um, you know before we kind of uh, go to our empty netters and wrap things up, I, I guess I want to hear from each of my line mates. Uh, you know what has been your favorite memory a fa favorite uh you know moment of the, uh, this nhl season which again started on time uh got paused a little bit in the middle um but you know we're going to end up wrapping up the season only about you know a week or so later than uh, than we normally would have um you know Haley, i'd love to start with you first you know what's been your favorite moment of this nhl season oh you got to go to me first i'm like i'm not prepared whatsoever for that question uh First off, to be though, fair, I thought of this on the fly. So, 
sorry, listeners. I'm, I definitely, I probably watched the least amount of hockey out of everybody on this podcast, thanks to just life being in the way. But first off, Boston Pride winning their third Isabel Cup. That was the highlight of hockey for me. It was really fun. Um, great to watch it on TV again. As for the NHL, that's really hard question. Oh my goodness. I, well, it's definitely not anything to do with the Flyers. We know that they were terrible all season. Still have love for you, but um, if you could not suck next season, that would make this question a lot easier. Um, my favorite moment of the playoffs was game two and all the goals that were scored against Tampa. That was a lot of fun. Um, seeing the blues get knocked out. That was also very fun. I have to think a little bit harder on this. I might have to come back with my, on the, on the end note. Cause we I can I, always, we can always revisit this um, uh, in one of our final episodes of the season. We'll, we'll get a little bit more time to reflect. I did not give Haley or Lauren time <laughs> to prepare for this, uh, this question. I j- literally just thought of this uh, on the fly as I was like, wow, this might be Ooh. the last time we record when games are being played. Um, what was I going to say? Sorry. They just almost scored again. And this is not the time to be recording is my brain literally on the TV, but, um, she, Lauren may be more prepared than I, because she definitely, you know, watches a a whole lot more. So give me a little bit of time here and I'll see if I can think of something. Well, on that note, uh, Lauren, uh, I guess over to you, what, um, you know, what has been your favorite moment of this, uh, this NHL season? So I have a few, and um, one of them is the ovation and the video that the Canadians did for Guy Lafleur when he passed away. That just, it, I mean, it's a 10-minute ovation, and it was just incredible to, to see what he meant to Montreal and the hockey community. Um, and then the Seattle Kraken fan basically saving the life of the Canucks assistant on the bench, where she told him that he had, looked like he had cancer on, on his head or on the back of his neck. Um so those are two feel good moments. And then Connor McDavid just blasting through four or five Rangers to score a goal is, I mean, anything he does is just absolutely highlight worthy. And he's so fun to watch, whether it's on TV or in real life. Um, Patrice Bergeron winning his fifth Selkie. I think that that goes without saying, just watching him play again at such a high elite level at 36 years old. Um and watching the Hurricanes get kicked out of the, out of the Sailing Cup playoffs after they beat the Bruins, so a couple, a couple there, but those kind of highlight the the good times of the NHL season. Yeah, I, I a couple of those moments definitely stuck out to me as well, Laura, and I agree. Um, you know, as for myself, definitely seeing Alex Ovechkin um, move into third place um, on the all-time goals list. Um, you know, just it. it even though he, uh, the Capitals are a team that I absolutely despise, uh, Ovechkin has been uh, you know, a, a player who we're just all so fortunate to be able to watch. He's someone who anytime he's in the slot and is winding up for one of those one-timers, your heart goes into your throat. You're just like so fearful that he's about to score. Um, and so when you can watch him play uh, in a neutral setting, it's a lot more fun. Um, so, uh, you know, what, seeing that, that, um, that, momentous uh occasion uh you know that great milestone for him that was just uh that was tremendous um i also wanted to point out all-star uh skills competition all-star weekend that was a a 
absolute blast this season that they did out in Vegas. Uh, they had like that blackjack um, shooting uh, accuracy competition. Um, they had uh, like shooting into the, 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 uh, the fountains, like the water fountains over at, um, at some of the casinos. Uh, they, they, they put like a real Vegas twist on it. And that type of creativity is what we just need so much more of uh, in the NHL. Have your, your players do some, some fun stuff. Um, so I, yeah, that was a, a great moment for, for me as well. So, um, you know, I, I really had a lot of fun, uh, you know, watching the NHL this year, watching Trevor Zegras and uh, seeing him, uh, you know, score the Michigan uh, and see all those kind of lacrosse assists. Uh, that was a ton of fun for me as well. So seeing some of the, the, the young talent, um, you know, kind of uh, make their way uh, into the, uh, the National Hockey League, you know, Mo Sider, um, you know, winning, um, uh, winning Rookie of the Year. He had such a tremendous year as well. So seeing some of these great young players uh, was a real highlight for me. Uh, but I did want to go around to each of my line mates and have them share uh, their empty netters, any closing thoughts they had uh, as we wrapped up this episode during game four of the Stanley Cup final. So uh, Lauren, I will go right back over to you first. Uh, you know, what is uh, your empty netter? Any closing thoughts for us? Yeah, I just want to shout out Carolyn Pilch, who used to be the GM of the Boston Pride. She got promoted today within the Blackhawks organization. So it's a big step for her. It's a big step for the Blackhawks as well. And hopefully this becomes more of a trend with more women in sports and holding higher positions like Carolyn does and Carolyn will. So I'm really excited for her in this next step. And if she can fix the Blackhawks organization, I don't think anyone's going to be mad. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Um, and listen, all these great things have happened for Carolyn shortly after she appeared on Snipe and Sally. I'm just going to, I'm, I'm just pointing that out there. So um, maybe that's a trend. If you are a young executive in hockey, if you come on Snipe and Sally, uh, you're, you know, you're going to get some great promotions, but in all seriousness, um, you know, very well deserved. Uh, you know, Carolyn is, uh, is so energetic and I know that she's going to bring that uh, in her role uh, on the Chicago Blackhawks and uh, you know, clearly uh, you know, did a lot there in scouting. And now that she's uh, you know, uh, in player personnel, maybe she'll be the one to put the kibosh on any sort of Alex Dabrinkit trade because that makes no sense. So Carolyn, if you're listening and I know you are, don't do it. Uh, you know, send word up uh, to the front office that we're, uh, you know, we're not fans of trading Alex to bring it away. Uh, but yeah, congrats so much to, to Carolyn. Uh, Hales, how about yourself? Uh, any empty netter for us as we wrap up this episode? Uh, I want to add to our favorite moments this season that Evander Kane did not get a chance in the to be in the final to hoist the cup at all. It is not a redemption story. You are not a better person. You are just a good NHL player. Um, also, for my empty netter, Colorado, I'm gonna need you to step your game up a little bit because you're making me nervous uh, with what's going on right now. I want all of the good luck, all of the vibes sent Colorado's way from everybody that is going to be listening to this because they're obviously not listening to it right now, but all the good vibes towards Colorado and hoping that they can pull off a win today in Tampa. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Hales. Um, as for myself, uh, listen, we, we've talked about this on, uh, on this show a number of times, uh, you know, the, the, the issues within hockey culture. And, you know, we alluded to it just earlier today about, uh, you know, the old boys club uh, with, uh, with coaching, but, um, you know, on a much more serious note, you know, you see a lot of 
posts going up right now, um, you know, for, for pride month, um, you know, we are in the middle of pride month and the NHL, uh, you know, putting their posts on social media on how you can be an ally. And I guess, uh, you know, I'm a broken record. I just hope for the millionth time that this is not just performative, you know, again, you, you have people, whether, you know, whether it's based on, uh, on, you know, sexual orientation, uh, gender, um, race, uh, as we just talked about with, with Nazem Kadri, uh, you know, uh, not too long ago, religion, uh, you have people who do not feel safe playing hockey. You know, hockey is not for everyone. Uh, so, you know, when you are reading these posts, um, you know, first and foremost, can the people who comment on these posts just shut the fuck up already? I mean, my God, the Ooh, why do you have to change your logo rainbow? How come you, uh, when's there a straight appreciation day? These, these Neanderthals who, who, uh, who post like this, it literally costs you nothing to just say nothing. You know, if you don't agree with something, you can just leave it alone. You know, why you insist on, you know, showing your small mindedness is just beyond me, but that's a story for another day. But, uh, you know, when, when you, when you see, you know, the, these posts, again, pressure the league to actually act on, uh, on the things that they're, that they're saying. Practice what you preach. Again, we just had an incident less than a month ago with a, a prominent uh, avalanche player, Nazem Kadri, who uh, was the subject of, of you know, racist attacks. Uh, you know, what if there's an openly gay NHL player? Uh, you know, are, are they going to be relentlessly taunted? Uh, so, you know, don't just say, uh, you know, say things for the sake of, you know, putting your posts out there and, and getting good PR actually make the sport for everyone. Um, and so I just, again, for the millionth time, I hope that that is going to be the case. That is going to do it for uh, this week's episode. I did want to go around to each of my line mates and have them share with our listeners where they can be found online. Lauren, we will start with you. Where can all of our listeners find you online? Where can they find your other work? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, everything in between at la 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 Lauren, three laws, Lauren with four R's. You can find all of my written work on Nesson.com. We're starting to prepare for the NHL draft. And even though the Bruins don't have a first round pick, they still have some picks strewn in there. So look out for that kind of fun stuff. You can hear me during the Bruins season on the Nesson Bruins pod, and you can hear me on the Locked On Red Sox podcast Monday through Friday, and they've been playing good baseball of late, so that's always a good sign. And just to add to your point, Mark, if you are so triggered by a profile picture and a rainbow, please immediately Google therapist in my area because you need, you have too much hate in your heart or just you get mad over the smallest things that do not impact your life. So that's just my little PSA for the night. Yeah. I mean, seriously, for the love of God, like you're, you're, you are not going to burst into flames because uh, the, the Boston Red Sox changed their, their profile to, uh, to rainbow uh, or because they had, uh, you know, uh, people in drag uh, at a game, uh, your life is going to go on. You can just say nothing. Um, so yeah, thank you, Lauren. And again, Follow all Lauren's work and uh, and locked on Red Sox is a lot more fun lately uh, with uh, with the games uh, going in the, in the uh, in the favor of the home team. So um, yeah, definitely uh, check out all Lauren's work. Hales, how about yourself? Where can all of our listeners find you online? 
So you can find me at CSI Haley on TikTok and on TikTok, on Twitter and Instagram, CSI Haley 91 on TikTok. So my brain's all kinds of crazy because of this game so far. And then you can follow two shows that I co-host, which is Gridiron Girls at Girls Gridiron on Twitter, Gridiron Girls Pod on Instagram, Fierce and Flawed. You can find that at Fierce and Flawed on Twitter, Fierce and Flawed Pod on Instagram. As always, at For the Fans Media on all social media, ForTheFansMedia.com. Please go and subscribe so that you can get notifications when all of the fun things are posted on there and that you can subscribe to each and every of the amazing shows that we do have. And to Lauren and Mark's point, if you do not like something online, guess what you can do? Scroll, block, look away, not not even look at it. So if it bothers you that much, just put your phone down and turn away. Um, it's just the easiest thing you can do instead of you know leaving horrible comments or going after people, whatnot. If you don't like it, scroll it or block it. Seriously. And conversely, when you see people do this and it bothers you, just mute mute or block them preemptively they don't even have to engage with you if you don't want to see uh you know their small-mindedness if it bothers you just uh just mute block them right away uh it you it will do wonders for your social media experience if you just prune the branches before they uh they become too big um so uh thank you hales as for myself uh, i can be found on twitter at mark paselli 13 that is p-i-s-e-l-l-i uh, you can find me still tweeting about Top Gun Maverick, uh, the the movie of 2022, assuming it reached a billion dollars. Uh, small side note, apparently, if you make so much of your personal brand, uh, the original 1986 Top Gun film, and tell enough people that it's your favorite movie of all time, you will have people who you have not spoken to in more than a decade reach out to you and say, oh my God, I saw this movie and I thought of you. So um, yeah, that's a, that's a thing that's been happening. Uh, so uh, yeah, definitely check out uh, forthefansmedia.com as well uh, and check out some of our other uh, fantastic shows. Some of them are going to start recording again soon. That is going to do it for tonight's episode. Thank you all so much once again uh, for all your support. We really appreciate uh, all of our listeners here at Snipe and Selly. Please share the show with the hockey fan in your life. And until the next time we all get together, enjoy the action on the ice, everybody. Thank <laughs> you.